day 100 day 218 welcome back to the windows and mirrors podcast my name is keith and this is a podcast where we're trying to show you man that the bible is more like a window than it is a mirror we come to it to see through it and to see god not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves all right so we're in the last section of the book of ezekiel and it ends off man um in just a dope way uh probably my favorite section in the book of ezekiel ezekiel's been good but i think this just ties just such a beautiful bow on it and i'm so excited to dig in to what the text has to say so remember um last time we talked about you know the glory of god would fill the temple and ezekiel is providing this one last vision of restoration and restoration of the temple specifically and um you know this is the longest vision like i said in the entire bible outside of the book of revelation right and so uh you know god is a god who wants and deserves to be worshiped right and um you know this is fulfilled in the new testament as we said before uh this glory filling the temple in the person and work of jesus um and we'll get to some of that here so in the book of uh ezekiel chapter 44 god is going to bring up the past to indicate how he wants things in the future there are sometimes we have people in our lives who always bring up old stuff right and we get mad like yo that's over with and done with why do you keep bringing up old stuff well here god is going to bring up the past because he's like yo the stuff i'm bringing up about the past actually is going to steer you in the right direction about how you ought to live in the future so this is what he says this is what the lord god says i've had enough of all your detestable practices house of israel when you brought in foreigners uncircumcised in both heart and flesh to occupy my sanctuary you defiled my temple while you offered my food <laughs> the fat and the blood you broke my covenant and all your detestable practices so god is going to bring this up um to say that yo before the first temple was destroyed like the priests were on the job but they weren't doing their job right they were letting in foreigners and those that didn't worship yahweh those that were uncircumcised in flesh and in heart he will say into his holy space and they had defiled it right and one of the things we're going to see here is that the priest's proper job was to guard the sanctuary to see to it that god could be properly worshiped right and the point god is just trying to make is like yo i want to be worshiped for who i am and this is the end to which all of god's people have been saved right and so one of the things i think we can take from this is that we ought to be adamant about seeing to it that we worship god rightly in a way that would please him right and this is not just about yo going to church every weekend right which is super super important i'm a big advocate of that but I think it's about orienting our lives in such a way to where idols don't be don't occupy the same uh, heart space, right, and life space that God does. Forty-five, uh, forty-five. He's going to go into uh, basically to show that um, you know the temple wasn't supposed to be sacred space itself, like the sanctuary per se, but the land that surrounded it. So all throughout these chapters, he's going to flow in. He's going to flow in with these land kind of directives and how it ought to be. Um, and so he's briefly in 45, want to talk about this land allotment for the people of Israel and the princes who are those uh, who are meant to allot the land to the people of Israel. So he's going to say this. This is what the Lord God says. You have gone too far, princes of Israel, put away violence and oppression and do what is just and right put an end to your evictions of my people this is the declaration of the lord god you are to have honest scales and honest dry measure and an honest liquid 
measure. Uh, part of the restoration of worship in Israel means a reviving of proper ethics there as well. So he's saying, princes, you have this, uh, you know, responsibility to allot this land. And what I want you to do is I don't want you to cheat anybody. Right. I don't want anybody to be cheated. I want everybody to get their proper just due. Right. And God, you know, speaks of his heart and his intent for the land and his people to be rid of deception violence and oppression right when he brings this vision to fulfillment remember uh israel's religiosity was was there right they had the temple they were doing all these things but they were oppressing the poor right they were being deceptive they were being violent and um uh, you know uh, pro uh improper yeah just improper ethics towards those who are on the outside marginal marginalization exploitation all those things were present and god is like yo if I'm going to revive my temple, I'm going to revive the way you guys live in it and around it. 46, God is going to bring up again all of these feasts and festivals and holy days that were to be done as God had prescribed it before. And this is, yeah, another way the people worship the Lord, right? This was a way of remembering his salvation. And in some senses, in this time at least, these sacrifices would atone for their sins, right? The offerings that Ezekiel goes into detail about come from the book of Leviticus. And we talked about those there. Um, and all in all, Ezekiel is just trying to say is that, man, holiness is needed for sustained communion with God. Holiness is needed for sustained communion with God. And this is why he speaks of the many rituals, because the rituals, <clears throat> the offerings and things like that would make them ritually clean before God to where they could be in his presence to worship him. But also the distinctives such as festivals would set them apart. Right. So holiness literally means to be set apart. And they were literally they would literally be set apart from the world at large from the festivals that um, they took part in. And so in 45 and 46, um, 44 through 46, actually, you're going to see uh, things that were fulfilled in the immediate future. So after Israel comes from exile, they restore, they literally rebuild the temple and they start doing all of these things. Right. And so now for the people of God, that thing that looks different in 47, uh, we'll get into that. So what's interesting about, you know, the prophets is that they tend to converge their prophecies of near and far fulfillment. So what Ezekiel mentions previously, like I just said, is what happens in, you know, the 6th century BC. But what he's going to mention in 47 and 48, it talks about the end of history, right? He's going to talk about this vision. The end of his vision is going to parallel with the book of Revelation. And when he will say, yo, the world technically, like that was just for this time. But one day the world will become God's temple as God's people worship him forever. So as you read 47, this is what he's getting at, right? And in it early, he mentions this. He mentions this life-giving river. Hear this. He says, every kind of living creature that swarms will live wherever the river flows. And there will be a huge number of fish because this water goes there. Since the water will become fresh, there will be life everywhere the river goes. If you turn to the book of Revelation, uh, you, you'll see that, man, this life-giving river, uh, John will say there, is uh, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb, right? And here, he's echoing back to Ezekiel to say, no, 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 this water, right, this living water is going to be a source of life for all of God's 
people. You turn to John chapter four and Jesus will take up this same language as well. He will say, yo, like the what the living water talking to the woman at the well, he will say, yo, the living water that I provide to folks right now. Right. Spiritually gives them life. Right. And he's like, yo, I am the source and giver of life forever. Right. And so even now we can taste some of the realities of the coming age in our very own souls today in the same chapter he'll talk about apportioning the land to the tribes and to foreigners right so remember in the beginning in joshua the land was apportioned to israel right but here look what he says he says you are to divide this land among yourselves according to the tribes of israel you will allot it as an inheritance for yourselves and for the aliens residing among you who have fathered children among you you will treat them like native born Israelites along with you. There will be allotted an inheritance among the tribes of Israel. So we see that God's intent from the beginning was to have all peoples of the world worship him and be with him. 48. Finally, he mentions he he goes into details about the allotments and the measurements and what the book of Revelation will show is that much of that is symbolic. So here he's going to say this. The perimeter of the city will be six miles, right? Symbolic. But this this is how it ends. And the name of the city from that day will be the Lord is there. Man, God is going to establish this new temple garden city. This city echoes all the way back to the Garden of Eden, right? And what he's trying to show is that we will be resurrected and the entire earth will be made new as we live on this physical and resurrected earth. Like Adam and Eve, we will live bodily in the presence of the almighty God. But the thing is, there will be no more sin. There will be no more suffering. There will be no more crying, but we'll be with God forever. And the earth, the Bible says, uh, in Revelation, I love it because it, it parallels so good with this text, but it's so good. He says, man, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Right. And it will shine so bright. Scripture says that it will never be nighttime again. Right. We won't just inherit a land like Israel did in Joshua, but we will inherit the entire world. It will be ours to enjoy and worship God forever. Family. This is the end to which all human history points. God and man with one another. May we live for and to this end with our eyes and our hope set on what is and will be ours forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that... um, You've given us this vision. Help this vision to be at the forefront of our minds as we live every single day, longing for the day when Christ comes back and makes all things new.